We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform. The Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same. And love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. The writer of the book of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter number 6, at least list 36, you know, of these um, doctrines, you know, for us. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Now, you see, these are some of the things we need to bear in mind. That these doctrines are the basics, you know, uh, that um, they are like KG teachings, you know, of um, the Christian faith. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. The writer says, uh, um, principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. He says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. That's number one. He says, and of faith toward God. That's number two. He says, of the doctrine of baptisms. Not baptism, but baptisms. And we've treated that. That's number three. He says, of laying on of hands, which we're treating tonight. That's number four. He says, of resurrection of the dead. That's number five. It says, and of eternal judgment. That's doctrine number six. Paul, whom I believe wrote the book of Hebrews, made it very explicit here that these are basic, fundamental, elementary teachings of the Christian faith. These were the things that Jesus exemplified and that he taught his people. He says there were deeper things that we actually need to begin to learn beyond all of all these ones. But before I dive fully into the teaching for tonight, I've been made to understand that some of you have um, questions you know, that you'd like to you'd like answers, you know, for. If I can have someone, you know, with a microphone and um, um, you may please, um, let's have your questions at this moment. I'm sure she's got a question. So, I would like to hear what she has. I can see you, Sister um, Sister Sheung, okay? You guys, come worship in person, okay? I won't give you a shout out again. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Please go ahead. Um, Tell us your name and your question. My name is Kathy Richmond. I was, uh, I may have answered my own question as I listened further into the I show. Um, I was wondering about sacrifice. And I think the first time I listened through, I thought you were telling us that we had to give you a goat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought that. And, and, and please, as I was thinking about it and, and wondering what I could give and sacrifice and what you were worth to me in my life, I found every reason to go find you a goat. Oh. Trust me. <laughs> um, your value is, is, is worth everything. And, and so, but as I listened on, I believe what you were saying is that was the old way of doing things and you can't do that anymore. That's not good enough. It doesn't matter how many goats you get. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Okay, Amen. Good. Come on, can you jam your hands together for her, please? Celebrate Jesus in her life. Amen. You know, she had posted on the group page and she had said she's got a question. And I'm sure she was referring to doctrine of righteousness. That should be, right? You know, yeah. So, I like goat meat. Okay? Those who are very close to me here, they know. Alright? As a matter of fact, I visited some people at home and, you know, they will prepare goat's meal for me. You know, yeah, I like that. That's the truth. So I was only trying to make a reference to saying that for someone like your pastor who likes goat meat, 
I will not take Haifa from you. I will not take booze. I will not take cow. I will just tell you, you've committed sins. <laughs> it's goat you should go and buy. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So I'll slaughter that, take the blood, burn the fat, then use the rest, you know, to go and, um, you know, celebrate it to my family back home. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And I know of my children, Adasa, she's a, uh, you can see the glory of God upon her life in terms of choppiness. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. She likes goat's meat as much as I do too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you have any other question, please? Okay, awesome. But let me ask you this. Okay, before we dive into, oh, pff, time is run so fast. All right. So, with the doctrine of righteousness, he said, I haven't listened to the whole message. So, that means at the point when you sent the message you sent, you were listening. You were, you were still listening. I started last night, was working on it again this morning. And then, yes, at the point, I had stopped and then asked my question. And then in my next coffee break, I was listening more and got, oh, I oh, see. Yeah. I see. Interesting. It, sometimes I've noticed that I have to listen to messages twice to pick up on things. See, and, and let me tell you something. That is actually the way to learn. That is the way to grow. This is also the reason why sometimes during the course of the week, I'd go copy the link of Sunday service or another sermon, and I'll post it on the church communication platform, the WhatsApp group, and have people listen to it. You see, the truth is that nobody can listen to one message once and say they understand the message. However, the challenge is that many people, they've not cultivated. Take a look at, for example, someone like you. You were, taking, you were listening to the messages during your coffee breaks, right? That was a very huge sacrifice to have, made, to have been made. Hallelujah, glory to God. And I give God thanks for your life for that. Because if you had said, oh, I'm going to listen to it when I get back home. You may get back home and other things may preoccupy your time, right? So I, I, I'm thankful to God for your life. But what is the take home? How do you feel? You know, considering the fact that with the doctrine of righteousness, as I taught a couple of weeks back, that you don't have to offer animal sacrifices anymore. How does that make you feel? What I've come, what I've come, what it's come down to is I feel like I, before last weekend, I was feeling like there was nothing I could do to ever be good enough. Oh, wow. I felt so overwhelmed with the amount of sin I have to overcome. Oh, wow. Right? Like, I was just so completely overwhelmed with, with how far I have to go. Mm. And so what I've learned now is because God already died for me, that, that's, the, that's the big step. I've already taken the biggest step Amen. that I need to take. And the rest will come as my commitment and getting to know God more. Hallelujah. Right? Glory to God. Yeah. As I learn the words, then the words support a new mindset. And so then it's the whole the renewing of the mind thing. Yeah, it's really just the last. What you said. Are you sure you don't want me to vacate this altar for you so that you can just bless us tonight? <laughs> well, can can I just tell you? Yes, please. Yes, please. You said to me on Sunday when I had a question. You said, "Did you listen to Rooted?" Yeah. And so that was the start. Okay, so that was what prompted you to go listen to, to go it. To go listen to it again. Awesome. And then I went, oh, I missed all of that. Well, mm -hmm. what was I doing? The dishes? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. What you said, what you said is, you know, absolutely right. 
Um, and let me say this to you. It doesn't matter how gangantuan, you know, your sins were or your sins are. All right? God is not forgiving your sins in bits. Zolando Brahante. Ikanama Soneketianamande. Okay? He's not forgiving our sins. Let's say um, you committed adultery, uh, you murdered, you stole, you lied, you know, and then you, you, you have, you know, you, you remember when we took doctrine of salvation, you know, and repentance, right? Then you went to God, you know, for forgiveness. He doesn't choose what sin to forgive and what sin not to forgive. He forgives everything. And the beautiful thing is that, again, he's not forgiving them in bits to watch how committed you'd be before he then forgives the rest of the sins. Okay? Yes, that's the human, you see, and, and this is part of the mystery of the gospel of salvation of soul. It doesn't make sense to the human mind, all right, that a murderer, someone will go on Saskatchewan Drive right now, pull, 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 kill someone then rush in, in here if truly they have, um, you know, repentant art. You know, like that doctrine says, it says repentance from dead works. They rush into a place like this and they begin to wail and cry. Lord, I just made a mistake. Lord, forgive me. Father, have mercy on me. Right there and then, their sins are forgiven. That's what the scripture teaches. However, government of Saskatchewan, I ain't going to forgive that sin. You're going to do your time in jail. Hallelujah, glory to God. But with God, you know, the saints are forgiven. It's such a joy to have a Savior who does not count our sins, our imperfections, you know, our iniquities to determine how he loves us. He does not want us reveling in sin. He does not want dwelling in sins, all right? Because the life of God that you have, the Zoe life that you have, actually gives you, you know, dominion over the powers of the flesh and of the sin. Romans number 8 from verse number 1. Now, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hallelujah, glory to God. Amen. Celebrate Jesus coming out. I'm actually hoping that for some of you under the sound of my voice, especially some of you who are online, you know, the life and testimony of someone like Sister Kathy you know, would inspire you. How many hours do you have to drive or minutes do you need to drive to church every time? One hour. Both ways. So that's two hours in all. Okay? So she, yeah, you said wow, right? Yeah. Yeah. You said wow. Yeah. She drives one hour to church each time she comes to church. One hour, two, then one hour go. That's two hours. Yet some of us have to drive only 15 minutes or 20 minutes. We lament. Hallelujah. I also hope that, you know, what she said about the need to listen to messages repeatedly, you know, will take that to heart. Hallelujah. Very quickly this night, let's dive into yet another doctrine. We'll take a look at the doctrine of laying on of hands. The doctrine of laying on of hands. The doctrine of laying on of hands. Before I go into that, let's see Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16, Gospels according to St. Mark chapter number 16. I will read from verse number 15 to 18. Let me quickly read that to you. Bible says, and he said to them, that was Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He who believes and is baptized to be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpent, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. This is what I'm going to. It then says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And of course, yes, the doctrine of laying on of hands was one of the doctrines, you know, mentioned in Hebrews chapter number 6. So again, this tells you that this is a basic fundamental doctrine of the Christian faith. And I doubt if, you know, a number of you under the sound of my voice here in person or watching online have actually heard or listened to a teaching, you know, on laying on of hands. Yet, if you serve or worship in a place like this, for example, it is very possible that I personally at one point or another, I may have had the privilege or the opportunity of laying hands on you. Now, what does this confer? What is laying on of hands? These are some of the things I want us to, you know, explore tonight. What is laying on of hands? So, you may want to take note. Why do you need to lay hands? When should hands be laid? What part of the body should hands be laid on? And how should hands be laid? Then we'll take a look at who can lay hands. Is it just anybody that can lay hands on another? We'll take a look at that. Then um, if time permits me, then I'll touch on what you need to do before and after hands have been laid on you. Listen, this teaching you're about to listen to tonight will change your paradigm or your mindset or your perspective about the laying on of hands. Without a doubt, I want to believe that it will confirm more results unto you after this teaching. You would understand. So whenever you meet a man of God for any reason and they need to lay hands on you, you would understand the weight of what they're about to do, you know, to you or for you. And without understanding or knowledge, you are better able to receive in everything that they have to give to you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Um, anointing, generally speaking now, anointing in the Christian faith or anointing generally can be transferred in three principal ways. The anointing upon my life, for example, if I need to share it with someone else, I can share it in like three principal ways. Number one, I could choose to share it, you know, by, by, by spoken words. Hallelujah. I declare the word and I say to you, receive the grace upon me or something like that. All right? Same thing with healing. Same thing with the miracles. Same thing with deliverance. Hallelujah. You can transfer anointing. You can transmit grace. You can do all of all those things by declaring the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Secondly, it can happen through the laying on of hands. You can impart someone. You can transfer grace. You can anoint someone by the ministry of hands laying or the laying on of hands. And number three, you can also transmit anointing or graces or healing, you know, via what is called mantle. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I can take this cloth, for example, and put it on, pray on it and give it to you. And what if you believe, all right, whatever I ask that to do for you is exactly what it will do for you. Take, for example, Bible tells us concerning the life of Paul. Bible says that they brought out aprons, you know, and all of that, you know, laying it on the six and they were all recovering healings were coming to them. So, 
trans, I mean, anointing, graces, you know, healings, deliverances, you know, um, blessings can be transferred, you know, in any of these three, you know, um, um, ways. It could be, you know, come, you know, via the word. The word of the Lord could be declared. It could come via, you know, the anointing. I mean, via, you know, the laying on of hands. It could come via, um, um, what do you call it now? Mantle. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So then let's take a look at number one. What is laying on of hands? What does laying on of hand? What does that mean? What does laying on of hand mean? I wrote down this definition as inspired by the Spirit of the Lord, and I want you to please note it down. Especially because, like I said, it is possible that this may be the first time you will be hearing or listening to a message or a teaching, you know, on um, the ministry of laying on of hands. The Lord ministered to me and says, it is the supernatural act, ACT, of placing one's hands on someone else for the purposes of transmitting anointing, graces, and blessings. That definition is quite broad and I believe it's quite very explicit too. It is the supernatural act of placing one's hands on someone else for the purposes of transmitting or transferring, okay? For the purposes of transmitting or transferring anointing, graces. By anointing, I mean it can be healing, deliverance, miracles, infilling of the spirit and all of that, okay? Graces and blessings, all right? Let me take you one more time. The laying on of hands or laying on of hands is the supernatural act. The key word there is the word supernatural, it is not an ordinary act. It is not a religious act. It is not a religious activity. It is deeply spiritual, deeply supernatural, deeply divine. All right? So it is a supernatural act of placing one of one's hands on someone else for the purposes of transmitting anointing graces, anointing graces and blessings unto the other person. All right? It is a means of contact. From a transferor to a transferee. Alright? It's a means of what? Contact. Alright? And this is deeply biblical. You've seen it. Mark chapter number 16 that, that we read. Verse number 18 says, They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. He then says, They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Again, go back to Hebrews chapter number 6. It is one of the elementary doctrines of the Christian faith. Meaning that every genuine believer of the Lordship of Jesus should be very conversant, aware about the ministry of laying on of hand. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So let's take a look at the next question that I have here. Why should you lay hands? Why do you need to lay hands? Why do you need to lay hands on someone? You can lay hands for several reasons. However, before you go into why you need to lay hands, you must understand first that. Except the Lord instructs you to, please don't dare it. I'm going to get there when I get to authority. Right, so I'm saying simply saying right now as a point as a as a caveat that you cannot just say now I have the grace of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord is upon me, and then you begin to walk down the street and begin to lay hands on the people. You know, and you know you can't do that. You can't do that. It is not an arbitrary act, it is not a feel-good act, it is an act inspired by the spirit. 
Many of you may not observe, but there have been times and seasons, you know, I've been ministering, especially for this, this is my home church, right? And sometimes I'm laying hands on people and I skip some other people. You may not have noticed, but I do that practically all the time. Sometimes I don't lay hands on them. Sometimes I just declare the words. Many times the Lord would have me lay hands. And see, this doctrine is a very fundamental one. So take it before you even go into fuller details that you just cannot lay hands arbitrarily. You just cannot lay hands when you feel like you must be led to. We do things, you know, in the kingdom, not based on the way we feel, but based on God's instructions. You get what I'm saying now? I don't show up in church because I feel like showing up in church. I show up in church because the word of the Lord says I should not neglect, you know, the, the, the assembly of the brethren. I pray for the sick, not because I feel like. I pray for the sick because I have the anointing to pray for the sick. I should add that, you know, the laying on of hands is a way of transmitting the power of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that if you are empty, you can't lay hands on someone. Then this also then tells you that if at the point when you accepted the lordship of Jesus, you were given the gift of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to you. When you stretch forth your hand and you lay hands on people, what you're doing is transmitting the powers of the Holy Ghost. So except you are saved, your laying on of the hands is actually a fashion or a religious act. You get what I'm saying now? Except you're saved and you're filled with the spirit of the living God, your laying on of hands has no effect. Except you're saved, your laying on of hands has got no effect. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Okay, so it's the spirit of the Lord in us that you attempt, you know, to cause to do the works. That's one of the reasons why you're laying hands. So why do you need to then lay hands? For many reasons, I would say. We'll run through some scriptures. Whoever is on the system there would have to be super fast for me. Why do you need to lay hands on people that after you've been instructed by the Lord to do so, all right? For healing purposes. If somebody is sick, for example, and you need to pray with them, you can lay hands on them. I'm going to get to authority, all right? So that you don't go see anybody who is sick and then also begin to lay hands on them. There are ways to doing this, all right? Authority is very important, and I'm going to get that. So you lay hands on people, you know, if they are sick. Luke chapter number 5, 12 to 13. Luke chapter number 5, verses 12 to 13. If you can please make that fast, that would be great. Luke 5, 12 to 13. He says, And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Take a look at Jesus' response. Then he put out his hand. Can you see that? What did Jesus do? Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Don't forget I told you, anointing can be transmitted in three principal ways. Uh, the word being declared. Take for example, the Roman centurion. Jesus didn't go to his house to go lay hands on the child, on the daughter. Jesus didn't give him mantle. 
You get what I'm saying now? What Jesus did was to declare the word because the guy said to Jesus, say, you know, just say the word. Say, I have a, I'm a man under authority. I said, so see, this one go, he goes. I said, to that one come, he comes. So you also are a man of authority. Just say the word. When you say it, it's going to happen. Bible says before he got home, the child was made well. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Immediately what happened to this guy, he was made whole. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. After Jesus had laid hands on him. Now, if you go through the ministry of Jesus, you would see that Jesus used the ministry or the doctrine of laying out of hands fundamentally for healing purposes. Most of the healings that Jesus performed, you know, had to, he had to lay hands, you know, on the people. It's a form of contact, like I taught you, or like I mentioned in my definition. It's a supernatural act of placing of one's hands on someone else for the purposes of transmitting anointing, you know, graces and blessings. So when he stretched forth his hand on that person, take for example, he's transmitting the power of the Holy Spirit, the healing anointing of the Spirit onto that person. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Take a look, for example, Matthew chapter number 8 from verse number 16 to 17. Bible says, when evening had come, Jesus went, went there and Jesus saw the person who was demon-possessed. Bible says, and he cast out the spirit with the word. Then verse number 17 then says, says, so that it can be fulfilled, that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So that was why I began with that basis for you to fully understand. Anointing, graces, blessings, healings, deliverances, imputations, you know, confirmment, ordination. These things can be done in three principal ways. Laying on of hands, spoken word, or transfer via the, you know, mantle. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Let's see Mark chapter number 1, verse number 41. I'm going to run through these scriptures, alright? This is a Bible teaching, alright? Such that you can just have full understanding. Please be fast for me. Mark chapter number 1, verse number 41. Take a look at what that says. Mark chapter number, okay, sorry, let's go, that's very similar, that's the same side of what you read earlier around Luke chapter number 5. Let's see Mark chapter number 8, 22 to 23. Jesus, in this scripture, we saw he laid hands on, on a blind man and the man received his sight. Mark chapter number 8, 22 to 23. Mark chapter number 8, verses 22 to 23. Bible says, then he came to Bethesda and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Another version says, they begged him to lay hands on him. You see, there are certain things, you know, that baffled me when I was doing my teaching, I mean, research or studying, you know, on this subject matter. It was how some of all these guys were begging Jesus to lay hands on that person who was sick. Then I began to ask myself, they must have seen him done that multiple times. Then they must have known that there is something in him stretching forth his hands and laying hands on the people. Bible says, give me verse number 23 please. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town and when he had spit on his eyes, what did he do? And he put his hands on him. He laid his hands on him and asked him if he saw anything. This was Jesus. So you can lay hands for the purpose of healing. Let's see Mark chapter number 5, 21 to 24. This was Jairus, you know, who came to meet Jesus and requested that Jesus should come and lay hands on his daughter. Mark chapter number 5, 21 to 24. Mark chapter number 5, verses 21 to 24. Take a look at Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. 
verse number 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. What did he then say? And begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. Who told Jairus that hand had to be laid on his daughter? Bible says that she may be healed and she will live. So he knew that if Jesus laid hands, you know, on his daughter, the daughter was going to be healed and the daughter was going to live. I perceive that this perhaps were, you know, a phenomenon in those days. Because take for example, you have in the scripture also the story of the woman, you know, with the issue of blood. Bible tells us she had spent everything that she had. But she purposed in his heart when she got a wind that Jesus was coming to town. If only I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Because she knew, perhaps because of the multitudes of people that throng or that surrounded Jesus, she knew that it may be impossible for Jesus to lay hands on her. So if Jesus cannot lay hands on her, then she'd rather tap into the mantle. Are you all with me tonight now? Are you all with me tonight now? So she knew, she knew. That hand that he needed to lay on me, which perhaps may be impossible, he would have a cloth on himself. That hand, that cloth would have passed through, touched the hand, the same hand. I, I think that was a very profound faith for some, for some very strong reasons. If only I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She just wanted a touch. She just wanted a touch and it happened. For you to know the weight of that, Bible says, at the moment she touched the hem of the garment of Christ, Bible says, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? They said, Master, how do we know who touched you? There are so many people here, yet you're asking who touched me. Then he said to them, he said, a virtue has left me. Meaning that at the touch or the laying on of hands, virtues are released. Powers are released. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Let's see it again, Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter number 7. Let's see Mark chapter number 7, verses 31 to 32. Mark chapter number 7, verses 31 to 32. This was another case where they were begging Jesus to lay hands, you know, on him, on, on their child. Mark chapter number 7, 31 to 32. Take a look at the screen. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of the Capolis to the Sea of Galilee. Verse number 32 now. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hands on him. Again, they were begging him to put his hands, to lay his hands, you know, on him. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. They begged him to put his hands on him. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. And don't forget, in Mark chapter number 16 that I read earlier on, it was accounted and recorded by Jesus himself. himself. He says, this sign shall follow them that believes. In my name, they shall cast out demons. He says in verse number 18, he says, it will by no means hurt them. He says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You see, one of the things that an average believer does not know, does not reckon with, is how anointed your hands are. An average believer does not come to the consciousness or understanding or, you know, how do I put it now? Recognition of how anointed, you know, their hands are. Did you know your hands are anointed? No, think about it for a second. 
Did you know that not, your hand is not just anointed? Every part of your body is anointed. Did you know that? Did you know that you can actually, with the permission of the sick, by faith, place hands on the sick and they, shall, they can recover? Did you know that? Do you reckon that these hands, these hands, your hands as a New Testament believer, they are not ordinary? Does that, does, does that strike you? I don't want to jump the gun. Did you know that for me, for example, I just don't even lay hands, you know, on people. I lay hands on, this, on things. Because I know whatever my hands touched, they are blessed. I lay hands on things. I lay hands on the altar. I anoint, you know, material things, immovable things. I lay hands on my car. I lay hands on my bed, on my pillow. I, because my hands are blessed. Anything I lay their hands upon, by faith, whatever I ask to happen, happens. Does it strike you that your hands are blessed and your hands are anointed? And that the ministry of laying on of hands is real? Take for example on Sunday, just this past Sunday. Sister Kenny, you know, had given me um, guest cards of about three, four people who stepped into church and said that maybe somebody died or somebody was sick. So they gave me those cards and said that maybe I should try and reach out to the persons. Mondays are usually my off days. I try to rest on Mondays. So I don't come to church. I stay back at home to just, to just rest, right? So on Tuesday, when I stepped into church, no, today actually, when I stepped into church today, I saw those cards on my table. Did you know by just unconsciously, I just placed my hands on those cards, declaring in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that the healing virtue of the Lord Almighty flows into the lives of those whose names are on those cards. I had done that thing before I realized that actually these are things that we do and that I do often. But many times we don't fully reckon exactly what we are doing. A family had come to church this afternoon. The mother and her two children. I don't want to tell you who they are. And, you know, I needed to pray with them. I just led them into the, into the ark, into the sanctuary here. And I told them to just place their hands on the altar. Just as a form of contact. And then pray. Then I led them in prayers. And I told them to go. Your hands are anointed. See after me, my hands are anointed. My hands are anointed. My hands are blessed. The power of the Holy Ghost is on my hands. Whatever I lay my hands upon, prospers. If I lay my hands on the sick, they shall recover. Whatever I lay my hands upon, delivers results. If you reckon that your hands are anointed, your hands are blessed. Listen, one of the things that actually is going to do for you is that it will cause you not to be laying your hands on things, you know, arbitrarily. Again, we don't lay hands when we feel like laying hands. You can come to me, for example, that you're sick. If I do not feel a release to lay my hands on you, I won't lay hands on you. If the Lord says I should declare a word into your life, the way you saw that Jesus did the same thing, all right? He casted the, the demons, you know, by a word. I can declare the word. If the Lord says, 
pray on a mantle and give it to them. I will give it to you. When Adeolua, and by the way, I forgot to mention on Sunday, I'm going to make that announcement again this Sunday. Adeolua, some of you are aware, you know, moved from here to, I think, Quebec, you know, on Sunday. Sunday was his last um, in-person service. Anyways, they usually don't leave, so you'll still be seeing him around and ministering with his expressions. So, he came to the office after the whatever, after the service for me to pray with him. I looked around and I found one of my bow ties. I picked up that bow tie. You see, I'm so used to this. Because I knew the effect of it. I laid my hands on it, prayed over it, and handed it over to him. And I told him, I said, for you, this from this moment becomes a mantle. Mantle is anything upon which the grace, the anointing upon a man of God has been transferred or imputed. So if you have it by faith, by faith, by faith, if you pray with it by faith, it will deliver result for you. So hands can be laid, you know, on the sick. You can lay hands also to deliver people for deliverance purpose. I lay hands on people sometimes when I'm ministering over here. Did you notice that sometimes for you to understand, you know, the weight of the hand and its importance in the realms of the spirit. Those of you who are accustomed to this ministry and the way I sometimes minister, did you know that when I'm declaring words sometimes to people, they may not feel it? But did you notice that sometimes as I'm approaching them, some begin to shiver? You know, and some even fall under the anointing without me having to lay hands on them. But have you also noticed that the anointing is stronger when hands are laid on them? That's it. And see, and in case you're a servant of God or you're a servant of God in the making, you know, and all of that. When you lay hands on people, they don't have to fall under the anointing. You see, all this act of you push people under my because the pastor like that that I saw sometimes, I said, why now? If you push me that way, I'll clear up your hand. Don't push me. No. No. You can lay hands on someone and they may not fall under the anointing. See, anointing does not flow on our feelings. Did you hear that? It's not on our feelings. It flows on faith. On obedience. Okay. Let me help you understand in a little bit. I've laid hands on tons of people. Blacks, whites, old, young, male, female, and all of that. You lay hands on someone, on some, rather. This is why I know. If you carry that grace, you carry that anointing. When your hand is placed on that person, you feel the current, literally, flow through your hand onto that person. That's why sometimes you lay hands on someone. I lay my hands on someone. And I'll say, yeah, that is it. Yes, take it. Yeah, I can feel it. You will see the power moving through your hands. Some people feel a sensation in their hands. Some people, their palms or their hands become hot. Me, my palm does not get hot. But my hand will begin to shiver. If I stand in front of you and God desires that I lay hands on you, I'll see my hand moving, rising. It will become heavy. That's the sign that I get. This hand will become heavy. So when it's like, it's like a weight of anointing on it. So when I then take it up and then do like this, you slay under the Holy Spirit, under the anointing. You get what I'm saying? 
Now, so you can place that hand on someone and as the hand is coming on them, they are slain in the Holy Ghost. On the other side, you lay hands on some people, it will seem as though, oh Jesus, how do I put it now? They won't know Olumara, so I'm trying to, is there any reason why your video is cutting out on and on? Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I don't want to use Olumorok. And again, you know, I wanted to use a fence, a wall. But all these walls now, they are woods. So it's not concrete. So it's also still hard. Uh, what can I use as an example now? Please give me an example of, have you seen a wall? Solid. No, that one will melt now. Snow will melt. Oh, Jesus, what can I use? A cardboard? Oh, no. Oh, no. Let me use this. Let me use this door. This door here. It's a metal door. Sometimes you lay hands on some people. Uh, it will seem as though you're trying to use your palm to force this door open. The resistance you feel will be like weight of blocks. Concrete. Yes, that's what I was using, looking for. Oh, okay, yeah, now. Um, they use concrete for foundation here. You know, Brother Kodish, you know how they use concrete for foundation? You know how thick that thing can be? Sometimes you want to lay hands on people, that's what you feel. It will be stone cold. I've seen that multiple times. You do like, looking at them, there is nothing heavy on them. But when you put your hands on them like this, it's a heavy resistance against the flow of the anointing. So when I sense that, I take off my hand. And then I try to minister that grace or to impart that grace, you know, to devour all that means. But this is the point I want to put out. You don't have to do any of all these things and people don't have to be slain. They don't have to fall down. So meaning that if I lay my hand on you, for example, and you do not fall, it does not mean that the grace was not transferred. What I need to do is to do the laying of hands if God has instructed me to do so. All right? The reason why sometimes for some people it is easy. All right? As you come on them, you know, take for example, you'll sense it. You'll sense the anointing flowing. And some other people, you'll find like a resistance. It's because the state of the spirit of individual persons, it also differs. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Anointing does not flow on our feelings. It flows on our faith. Thank you, um, media, for that. Luke chapter number 4, 40 to 41. I'm going to finish this thing tonight. Luke chapter number 4, 40 to 41. Luke chapter number 4. I'm teaching you the doctrine of lean of hands. Alright? Such that when the opportunity presents itself for hands to be laid on you, you will know what is being done. Bible says when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he, that was Jesus, laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He did what? He laid his hands on every one of them. You know, these are some of the things you've been reading in the Bible. And you see Jesus laid hands on them. Before now, that laying on of hands may have been casual for you. But now you know that what Jesus was trying to do. It wasn't a casual exercise. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. 
Don't forget here again, Mark chapter number 16. He says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When do you lay, need to lay hands? For contact. For what? For contact. Sometimes I have people here, there are so many, I just, po, 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 po. When do you need to lay hands for ordination and commissioning? This is very important for me to read. Numbers 27, 15 to 23. And now this is Numbers chapter number 27, verses 15 to 23. Now, this is very important because it would also help you to understand that the ministry of laying on of hands, it is not a New Testament phenomenon. It's something that's been there even from the beginning. As a matter of fact, from the book of Genesis, Jacob and Esau. Their father, when he wanted to bless them, he laid hands on them. You see, Bible tells us about him, you know, crossing his hands, you know, transferring what belongs to A to B, you know, and all of that. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. But let's see how laying on of hands are used to ordain or to commission someone for the works of the ministry. Numbers 27, 15 to 23. Later on, then we'll see Acts number 13, verse number 3. Numbers number 27, 15 to 23. Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of spirit of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. In other words, they were in need of shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay, you see that S in caps, that's the Holy Spirit, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. Can you see that? Can you see that? And do what? And lay your hands on him. If you worship in this ministry, for example, you'd have seen me do ordination a number of times. One of the things you do that is extremely very important during ordination is hands must be laid. As a matter of fact, for ordination, you combine the three mode or means of transmission into one person. You speak the word, you lay hands, if possible, you give mantle. Okay, please go back to the screen for me, please. It says, set him before Elias at the priest and before all the congregation and do what? And inaugurate him in their sight. In other words, ordain him, commission him in their presence. How? By the laying on of hands. When the hand is laid by Moses unto Joshua, grace will be transferred. The anointing upon Moses will be transferred. Give, give, give me the next one. It says, and shall give some, this is what I'm looking for. You shall give some of your authority to him. Can you see? That's to letting you know that truly through the ministry of laying on of hands, authority can be transferred. But God gave Moses a condition. When you are blessing him or you are pronouncing the words, don't give him everything you have. You know why? Because Moses was more like a God. He was the same guy who went, who saw the back of God, who came down, you know, and then people could not behold his face anymore. So to put... Joshua, onto that level, will make Joshua, you know, of equal level, you know, to Moses. God didn't want that. So take some of your authority and put it on him. Let, that all the congregation of the, of, of the children of Israel may be obedient. Don't give him everything you have. Take some of what you have. Again, this is very explicit and quite very direct. Simply put that in transferring or in the laying on of hands, authorities are, are, are transferred. 
and by God's grace, I can tell you without any other doubt, I, can, I have seen instances where I've done ordinations and I've seen the people's lives. In fact, these are testimonies you also have heard from them before. You know, mood. In terms of, you know, um, 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 ability, you know, to teach and preach the word. Gift of healings, miracles, signs and wonders. Gift of the word of knowledge or prophecy of word of wisdom. I've seen it heightened. Take, for example, myself as a, as a good example. I work in the supernatural. I work in the supernatural. Proud to hands been laid on me, or you know, formal inauguration or formal ordination of me being done into the office of a pastor. But I've always said this: after hands were laid upon me, the graces upon me tripled. I know it. If hands are laid on you by a genuine man of God, and he transfers blesses you with what you are, what he carries, what he carries, you begin to carry it. That's why sometimes, you know, I pity some of all these Gen Z. You meet men of God. It's a selfie with them you want to take. Instead of you to be rolling on the floor, man, sir, please lay your hands on me. Peace put and, and listen, those men of God too, they know. They are not quick to lay hands on just anybody. You see, one of the things with laying on of a hand, aside from it being transference of anointing and graces is that it also seals of endorsement. It's a seal of what? It's a seal of endorsement. You know, I've shared this story before. And for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you can go on IG. You know, who do not follow me rather? Search Wallet Jumade. My pinned um, um, reels, my pinned, the, maybe number one or number two on my IG, you will see Pastor Matthew Ashimolo laying hands on me last year, July, in Toronto. That was a treasured moment. In fact, on my Facebook, I pinned it so that the devil will know too. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. But I've shared the story with you all before. I went to see, went to Toronto, you know, with the intent of meeting Pastor Matthew. And I went into his, um, into his suite. He was staying in the premier, what do you call premier? No. What do you call the president of the country? Prime Minister, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. The Prime Minister's suite, that was where he was staying. We're on the same floor, but his own. Oh, Jesus. Poverty is not good. Ah, Kanamanada. Poverty is not good. I remember that suite. He has a pent, then has a bedroom at the top. You enter it, then you have tears. Oh, anyways, don't let me bug you. So I went to see Pastor Matthew, and I sat beside him. And we got talking, and he was asking me questions, you know, my foray into ministry, um, how the ministry is doing, shared with him, you know, my first encounter with him, and some of the things God had used him for, and all of that. I went there with a purpose. I needed him to play, to pray with me, and I needed him to lay hands on me. Only for man of God to say that I should bring out my phone. I brought out my phone. And then he laid hands on my phone. He said they want to use my phone as a point of contact. I said, ah. I didn't tell him this part. I didn't say it out. But my mind was like, ah. In my local language, ah. My mind was like, ah. You know, that's don't lay hands on my phone. Lay your hands on my head. It's this. I want it on the head. Not on, the phone can get missing. This head cannot be cut off. Ah. If it is on the head, it will flow from here. It will flow into every part of my body. If it's on the phone, I can misplace it tomorrow. He didn't lay hands on me. 
he laid a hand to my phone and then he said, we dispersed. I left that place feeling dejected. I shared it with some of you before too. You see, one of the reasons why he didn't lay hands on me is because, I mean, for someone of his strata, like I told you, laying on of hands is a mark of endorsement. You are meeting this young man and he just wants to take what you have. And once you pronounce it, you can't take it back. So he didn't lay hands on me, so I left. I left that place feeling downcast. Or the devil wanted me to feel downcast. But I encouraged myself in the Lord like David did. So I walked back into my own room. I continued to rejoice. I must have lifted up the phone to heaven and said, Lord, thank you. At least it... You know, sometimes I can be dramatic. It's possible when I got into my room, maybe I placed that phone on my head so that that anointing on the phone can flow into the... <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. In the evening, in the evening, we got to the main service. He came for only one night meeting. Just like the ark is here, right? In fact, um, Pastor Dio and his wife, they may even be watching this telecast. They have like a waiting room. So he was in the waiting room. Jennifer, same Jennifer Lewin, was ministering. That was where I met Jennifer Lewin for the first time. She was singing a song about Yahweh, Yahweh. The, anoint, the atmosphere was very thick in that place. Then Pastor Matthew mounted the altar. The moment he got here, he saw me in front and he said, you know, um, I would have actually loved media to play that video. I don't know if there is a way they can play it or get it. It's on my IG. It's also on my Facebook. If there is any way, if you get it, give me a thumbs up. Let's play it. All right? With the sound of hallelujah, glory to God. So, you know, he, he got up to the altar and he just looked and said, um, you know, um, this afternoon while, while praying, I just had a sense in my spirit that God would have me bless Pastor Teju. Ah, ah, that I heard my name, I jumped up. You see, I, I'm going to teach you very shortly about how to prep yourself for laying on of hands, what you do before hands are laid and what you do after hands are laid. You know some of you that you will be called forth, you know, for hands to be laid on you and you have chewing gum. You will even be walking as though you are doing the pastor a favor. I really pity you. There is already a wall. I'm telling you the truth. There is already a wall. The moment uh, I perceive um, God would have me bless Pastor Ted uh, He didn't ask me to come forward. I jumped up from my seat. I ran to the altar. And I knelt there and he laid his hands on me, began to prophesy. The prophecy was one of the things that led to the establishment now of the Calgary Church. I hope media will be able to get it. If they get it, I'll play it for you. That day, I knew something entered me. He prophesied some things that had happened and told me things in the glare of everyone. I learned multiple lessons. You see, if he had laid hands on me in his suite, nobody would have seen it. It would have just been me, himself, and God that knew. So if I had come out and said, he laid hands on me, you pass would have denied it. But God caused him to do it openly. I did not request for it. Should I shock you? I was the only one upon whom he laid hands in the whole of that meeting that day. I don't want to jump the gun, right? 
But one of the things you need to do before hands are laid on you is the thirst. Hunger. Coming empty. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. You hear me now? Coming empty. I went to Toronto from Regina, very empty, very thirsty. And I came back, I came back full. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. If they get it, I think they will let me know if they, if they can do it. So, for ordination, Acts chapter number 13, verse number 3. Acts chapter number 13, verse number 3. Let's see that too. I'm going to finish this thing tonight. Acts chapter number 13, verse number 3. It says, Then, having fasted and prayed, and did what? And laid hands on them, they sent them away. Sent them away for what? For the preaching of the gospel of Christ. The laying on of hands, it is not a casual, a feel good, a religious, a charismatic, uh, a feeling. It is not. It's a spiritual exercise. When you have the opportunity by someone older or more senior than you in the spirit to doing that for you, covet it. Not that you know, girl, you now get to your house, you now say you don't want to bathe your head because of the hand that has been laid on you. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Why do you need the laying on of hands or when may it be needed? Impartation of spiritual gifts. Impartation of spiritual gifts. You read earlier in the book of Numbers, chapter number 27, how Moses, you know, God instructed him to lay hands on Joshua. Now see the effect of that laying on of hands on Joshua. See it here in Deuteronomy chapter number 34, verse number 9. Deuteronomy chapter number 34, verse number 9. Bible says, now Joshua, the son of Nun, it says he was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses, the servant of the Lord, had laid his hands on him. Hi! Take a look at your screen. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. What brought about the spirit of wisdom? Don't forget God told Moses. Say take part of your authority and impute it on him. Then at the demise of Moses, Bible is telling us here what happened to Joshua. Filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses, the servant of the Lord, had laid his hands on him. Meaning that he wouldn't have been able to carry in the spirit of wisdom if hands were not laid on him. So laying on of hands also has to do, does, or, you know, works for impartation of gifts and graces. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Impartation of gifts and graces. In 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 14. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 14. Paul speaking to his prodigy, Timothy, told him, to continue to call to bear, you know, the gifts that have been bestowed upon him via the laying on of hands. Take a look at your screen. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Do not do what? Neglect the gift that is in you. In other words, those gifts came upon him via prophecy. Prophecy is a spoken word. Okay? uttered words, alright? Via the gift of prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. 
Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Are you all getting blessed now? Now, if there is anything you are to take away from this teaching tonight, it is to become more conversant of the grace upon your hands. That your hands are anointed, number one. Number two, that going forward, you will begin to always reckon when you have the opportunity of hands being laid on you, you will know what is about to be happening to you. What's about to happen to you. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Why should you lay hands or when should you lay hands? Or why do you need to lay hands? For the infilling of the Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Act chapter number 8, 14 to 17. Act chapter number 8, verses 14 to 17. And I'm still going to go down to verse number 25 actually. Act chapter number 8 from verse number 14 to, 7 to 25. Act chapter number 8, 14 to 25. Take a look at now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, that word, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Take a look at it. For as, he had, as yet he had fallen upon none of them, meaning they had need to receive the Holy Spirit. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse number 17. Then they did what? Then they lay hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Then they lay hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Again, ask yourself, why is it that when people are here, let's say they're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you're asking them to pray, you know, for the baptism of the Spirit, you know, and all of that. And the moment hands are laid on them, they are slain, or then they begin to speak in tongues. Ask yourself why. The one who lives upon the throne changes Let's continue to read verse number 19. Or go back to 18 first. Let's see verse number 18. And when Simon, I want you to then see this. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. <laughs> Record is you laughed, right? So you caught that. Then Simon, go back. Then Simon seeing that through the laying on of hands of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. What did he then do? Verse number 19. Take a look at it. He then went on saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, the anointing cannot be bought. It is priceless. It doesn't matter if you give any man of God billions of dollars. In fact, an attempt to make purchase, uh, transaction, monetary purchase of the anointing, can end up to you being cursed. Take a look at the screen. Give me the next verse. Listen to what Peter said. I mean, Paul said to him. Peter rather. He says, but Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Laying on of hands, the flow of the Spirit to cause healing is a gift of the Lord. It cannot be bought with the money. Take a look at the next verse. You have neither part nor portion in this matter. 
He says, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Don't let me bother you with the rest. You can go read that on your own. Let's move on very quickly. I hope you all are getting blessed. When should hands be laid? When should hands be laid? When should hands be laid? Listen to this. Hands should be laid when and only God instructed hands to be laid. Hands should be laid when and only if God instructed that hands should be laid. That should be when hands should be laid. We read, for example, in Mark chapter number 6, 2 to 5. Mark chapter number 6, verses 2 to 5, about Jesus. Jesus went to his home country. Bible says he could do no miracles there, save for laying hands on a few. Jesus manifested this laying on of hands thing. I mean, you've seen that multiple times in the scripture, right? He, man, he did it fully. We saw him actually manifest everything. Bible says, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. By his what? By his what? By his hands. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, <laughs> and brother of James? Someone will be looking at me and say, is this not Wale, the son of Yalaru? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. They were offended at who? At Jesus. Take a look at the next verse, verse number four. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Look at the next verse. Now, he could do no mighty work there. He could what? He could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and did what? And healed them. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let's take a look at another question. What part of the body should hands be laid on? Or how should hands be laid on? What part of the body should hands be laid on? Or how should hands be laid on? The laying on of hands is from here. From the head. It doesn't stop you, however, from, say, you found someone paralyzed or with infirmity in their legs. It also doesn't stop you from laying hands on their legs. You can lay hands, if it's for impartation of spiritual gifts, take for example, it can be from the head. If it's to minister healing to the sick, take for example, you can go and lay hands on the specific area where that infirmity is. That's why sometimes, when I'm teaching, maybe healing for example, I'd say if you're sick, you're under the sound of my voice, place your hands on any part of your body where you're feeling pains. I say, place your hand on any part of your body where you're feeling pains. Then I can stretch forth my hands, joining my faith with your own faith, and command healing to become yours. 
And so in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to everyone watching online or here in the sanctuary with infirmities in their bodies, sicknesses, diseases, feverish condition, painful, excruciating menstrual flow, I command relief right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I command ease on you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Who can lay hands? Who can lay hands? Can anybody just lay hands on anybody? Who can lay hands? Let's talk about who can lay hands. Alright? And now it's a begin to wrap up very quickly. Who can lay hands? Now, laying on of hands, it's a spiritual exercise. Then, it makes sense to then say and conclude that it must be from one higher than you to do the laying on of hands on you. If, for example, you want to pray, you know, for the sick, there are certain things you need to do, even if you have the authority, if you have the authority, okay? Let's take, for example, as far as lofty height is concerned, by election of grace, I'm the spiritual oversight over this ministry. So I perhaps can have the authority to lay hands on people. But watch me. I don't do it to everybody. Authority is important. You found the video? You found the video. Okay, let's see that video of um, Pastor Matthew Ashimolo and myself. Let's see that very quickly. Over, over to you, media. Right. Praise the Lord. You know, when I was praying, I felt I needed to tell Pastor Ted Jumadi that God is going to so bless your work and the seasons are coming. When is going to be beyond that local church in Regina? I see God opening more doors for you and showing you favor. I saw a, people, a couple of people turn their back on you because God had blessed you. But God said their departure was necessary for your discovery. So, because a man turned his back, don't mean that God wouldn't bless you. Get ready for favor and get ready for testimony. Somebody give God praise for him. Come on. Give God praise. Give God a praise for him tonight. Huh? That's how to receive. You see that hand? $50 million couldn't have fetched it. And I'll tell you something for a fact. I'll tell you something for a fact. If God hadn't instructed him to, he would never have. I mean that on his own volition, he wouldn't have done it. On his own volition, he wouldn't have done it. You know, I was in Lagos, Nigeria, and I think I shared that with you all. My friend in Connecticut, U.S., had a revelation where he saw me, himself, and some other people in a, in a gathering. Then Gio, Pastor Enoch Adejara Adeboye was there. Then he said, Gio called me out and then asked me to kneel down and Pastor Enoch Adejara, that's the general verse of Redeemed Christian Church of God, then laid his hands on me. So others there, including him, began to grumble that why was I the only one that was caught forth and hands were laid on? He said, Gio said to them in that revelation that he was only doing what God asked him to do. Listen. One of the easiest ways to receive from a man of God is for your heart to be open and plain towards them. I tell you the truth. Same G.O. everywhere in this church, in this sanctuary, in my office, in church here, 
in the church office, in the basement, you will see his image, the number one. If you come to my house, my primary residence, I have an office on my main floor. You will see his picture, Bishop uh, Oyedepo, you see Reverend Victor Adeyemi, then you see mine. You see it aligned in that same manner. I'm saying my entirety of my being is locked to this man. Spiritual things can hardly be explained because I know that there may be one or two persons watching right now and saying, eh, so does it all have to be like that? Eh, does it not? See, if he's your pastor, he's not your mate. You get what I'm saying? Don't get too familiar. Don't get too familiar. Huh? That you would neglect the grace that is upon him. Did you know that if I bless you today, if I lay my hands on you right now, did you know that it's not only my blessing that is coming on you? The blessings of my own fathers, they're also coming on you. Did you know that? That blessing received from Pastor Matthew Ashimolo on me, it's already in me. So when I'm declaring over you, take for example, I'm giving you not just what I carry, but everything as I have received from my own fathers. See, I just told you, before Reverend Victor laid hands on me, the Lord was using me. After hands were laid on me, I knew the difference. You cannot know, you can't tell me otherwise. When hands are laid on, someone like Lady T, whose hands have been laid on, the Oyedele's, Minister Jumi, Minister Peace, I mean, you've heard our own testimony multiple times. They would even tell you. I remember after Lady T's ordination, someone said, wow, after our ordination, she just went to the next level. That's what laying on of hands, that's what the transference of grace and anointing does. Because that then tells you that going forward, she was no longer ministering on her own capacity. If I ask you to come and minister here, for example, you'll be the one alone here. Because to the best of my knowledge, I've not laid hands on you to impart the grace on you. Neither has any man of God done that for you. So you will come and do it your own. But when you aren't laid on you, that's why sometimes too, when ordination is to be done, you have some other men of God, you know, available that cannot maybe place hands on the shoulder while someone else lay hands on the head. These things are spiritual. You see a servant of God or you see someone more senior than you spiritually. You are looking for a selfie. When you should be saying, please, can you, can you sir, please pray, pray for me? Some think that when they meet a man of God, for example, and they go on their knees to be prayed for, they think that they are debil uh, dem uh, you know, belittling themselves. No, you are not. You are not. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Where were we? So I was talking about authority. Okay? And then we'll end the service. I was talking about authority. Who can lay their hands? Authority is important. Number one, before hands can be laid, you that wants to lay their hands, you must have authority from God. That's number one. Then number two, you must get the authority or the consent of the person that you want to lay hand upon. So, it's not a crime to ask, please, can I lay hands on you? Can I pray with you? Do you mind if I lay hands on you? <clears throat> I shared about in 2018 <clears throat> when I met some young children or young guys and babes opposite Cornwall smoking and I walked into their midst, you know, to pray with them. I once said, she had pain in the legs. And I, and I squatted and I said, 
Can I lay hands on you? And did you know that even here in a place like this, somebody can sue you for laying hands on them and for falling under the anointing. Did you know that? Let me give you an example. 2021, we were still in the hotel. We were having a service. That service, the atmosphere was very thick. I don't know, maybe it was three days of glory or snow. I can't remember. So I was casting out demons in that meeting that day in the, life of, in the lives of some people. So one of the persons, you know, that the demonic spirit was in was terribly so strong. So because of the atmosphere, because of the presence in that place, that spirit was uncomfortable in that room. So that person, as I was praying for them, they were barging to the door. They wanted to run out. To run. Now, let's see. The Holy Spirit is not fire, but it has a depiction of fire. So what made that person to wanting to run out was because that room was too hot. They could not stand it. So I told ushers, I said, they should make sure that nobody steps out. So this person would run. Some of you can remember what I'm talking about will run to the door and bang on the door very vehemently and began to jump and roll, you know. You see her move on the floor, you know, as the spirit, that foul spirit was, you know, intoxicating her and all of that. Then after we were done, no, I think before we were done, the hotel receptionist or manager knocked on the door. So they called me and then I stepped out. Guess what happened? Someone who came, a visitor in the hotel, went to meet the receptionist and said somebody's life is being threatened in that room. That they should call 911 so that they can rescue the person. That somebody's about to die. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So the hotel manager then said to the person, no, say it's a church. Say that's a spiritual exercise they do. Because she was accustomed to that. If care was not taken, if the hotel manager were not there, she perhaps would have called 911. And you would have just seen the police, you know. Glory to God for a place like this, for example. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Any police that enters this place to, to align with any foul spirit, even the spirit in him or herself will jump out. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Do you understand all that I'm teaching you right now? So consent is very important. That's why sometimes I would say, if you like hands to be laid on you, could you please step forward? When you step forward, you can't bring any legal case against me. You've given me your consent to lay hands on you. And see, watch me very well. I don't lay hands on people that I know are older than me. Except they are truly sons and daughters in the gospel. But should I shock you? There have been many times, many instances where I'm ministering. I'm laying hands on people and I see someone that is way older than I am. You know, and I will refrain from holding, laying hands on them. Let me give you an ex a, a very classic example. In my former church, I held a service. It was a healing service. So people tripped out. And I was praying for the sick, you know, laying hands on them, you know, and all of all those stuff. And there was one of us who was also a minister in the same church. Now, there is something called ministerial ethics. You see, there is none of you in this church who can lay hands on mommy, um, Minister Damilari, uh, Minister Peace, Minister Jumi, Minister Dunsi, Lady T. You cannot. Ministerially, you are not on the same kedar. But by my authority, they can lay hands on you and bless you. But you, it doesn't matter the height of the spirit that enters you. You cannot put your hand on Minister Momi. That will be against ministerial protocol. 
That's why, see, it would be wrong for, any, for me to invite any person here. Take for example, when you are, not my, you are not a father figure to me or a respected mentor or elder, and then you say you are ministry and just want to be laying hands on, no, you need to be very careful. You can't do that. So because of that, I didn't lay hands on this minister. Older man, over 50 year old. Guess what he did? He came to meet me. Wow, he drew me back. He did like this. And I could see gray hair on his head. He said, Pastor, lay hands on me, lay hands on me, lay hands on me. And I did. Such people, the grace transferred in my estimation is even more. Because that's humility speaking there. We were invited to a place in this city to worship and pray and celebrate some time ago. So maybe a year or two years ago. And there was an elderly person in that room. I just finished leading my own prayers. I was not laying hands on anybody. Then this person came to meet me in the same room. And said, Pastor, can you please lay hands? Older man. Older than me. He said, Pastor, can you please lay hands on me? And I asked, what would you want? And he told me, and I placed my hands on him. It's a different. Get consent, get authority, and you must be authorized yourself. And don't forget that laying on of hands is spiritual. Take for example, I mean, when I say spiritual, I mean, when hands are laid on, it's a spiritual exercise. It's spiritual impartation. Take for example, my wife laid her hands on me all the time. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. But spiritually, uh, to confess spiritual authority, she cannot put her hand on my head. When I'm not here, for example, and she wants to, you know, rub my head, she's free. That's not laying on her hands. That's rubbing of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. My son, General May, my uncle, that one lays hands on me every time. Okay? So I cannot take his laying on of my hand or of his hand on me. You know, I cannot mean, take that to mean anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, 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 it is done in spiritual context. And please be careful. Don't let anybody just lay hands on you. Don't allow that. Don't allow that. Let's see 1 Timothy chapter number 5 verse 22. And I begin to bring the teaching to a close. 1 Timothy chapter number 5 verse number 22. 1 Timothy chapter number 5, verse number 22. I hope those of you watching online are getting blessed too. 1 Timothy 5, 22. Look at, do not, this was Paul to his prodigy Timothy. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Hold on a second. You know, I've taught you as a church how to understand the scripture. You do a pretext, you do a context, you do a post-text, and you read in other variations or other versions. Now, people have taken this to mean that Paul was saying that, you know, you should just not lay hands on anybody. That wasn't what Paul was referencing. If you go do the pretext. What he was referencing is the laying on of hands for ordination. Don't ordain someone into leadership hastily. That was what he was talking about. So, even though this is not talking about laying on a hands by virtue of healing, you know, or deliverance from people, or imparting spiritual gifts, but he was talking about laying on of hands for confirmment or endorsement of spiritual calling, you can still borrow it. You can still use it. 
to learn that you are not to lay hands on anyone hastily. Now, for you to understand this, give me this in Amplified Classic Version so that you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Amplified Classic Version. See what the AMPC says. Do not be in a hurry in the laying on of hands. Given the sanction of the church too hastily in reinstating expelled offenders or in ordination in questionable cases. Nor share or participate in another man's sins. Keep yourself pure. Some have actually even bastardized this passage of the Bible to mean that if you read only the NKJV and you've not attended a Bible teaching or Bible believing ministry as this, where you are told how to understand verses or passages of the Bible, you know, some have said this to mean that when you lay hands on someone and the person is a sinner, that person's sin will come on you. It's a lie. Paul is teaching that people with questionable character, don't be too swift. As a, because Timothy was a young leader. Don't be too quick. Don't be too swift to ordaining people into offices, into leadership responsibilities in the church. Especially if they have erred in the past or if they have questionable cases. So here he's saying, he says, if you do that, you may end up sharing or participating in another man's sins. Keep yourself pure. In other words, distance yourself as the pastor from people with questionable character. Because laying on of hands is also a proof of endorsement. Especially when it comes to commissioning into the ministry. Is that too deep? Is that too deep? Especially during the commissioning into ministry. So it is, it is, it is, it is endorsement. If someone take, for example, is a known thruster. And I feel because this person is buying me goat's meat. Or has promised me Mercedes Benz. Or is giving me so much money. Then I want to ordain that person, you know, as a pastor in this church. That is what Paul was talking about. When you do that as a man of God, you are sharing in that person's sins. Then people who know him to be in a froster, they will lose hope. They will lose faith in God. That's why he's saying, don't lay hands on any man hastily. Alright? So, even though yet again, that was talking about ordination and all of that, there are still lessons that you can still learn. Even though it was talking about ordination, I'll still say it to you, even when it is in healing, when it is transference of gifts, don't be quick to lay hands on just anybody. Again, we don't lay hands because we feel like. We lay hands as instructed by the spirit of the living God. Rise up on your feet tonight. There are things you must do before hands are laid on you and after hands are laid on you. If for any reason a man of God is coming to you to lay hands on you, one of the things you need to do is to open up your spirit to receive it. See, you see the way, again, take it. In this church, I don't teach you the things I don't practice. Did you know some people would have been seated as Pastor Matthew was prophesying? You just have been seated. Or Max, you just stand up and just be looking at him like this. Did you see I didn't do that? Because I know what I was looking for. Be like me. I ran out, knelt before the altar, lifted up my hand unto heaven, began to receive in everything. I didn't stand in front of him like this and say, yeah, yeah, okay, I've heard that before. Someone actually prophesied that into my life too. No, I didn't do that. 
So you get your heart ready when you know that is happening. Then after hands are laid on you, what do you do? You, after the hands are laid on you, you can place your own hand on yourself and then begin to declare or pray in the spirit. Father, I receive every pronouncement from the mouth of your servant. <coughs> if it is healing, for example, and hands were laid on you to receive your healing, after hands are laid on you, stay on that same word and continue to declare it. I declare my healings are whole. My healings are complete. I'm whole. I'm this. I'm that. And finally for tonight, by now you know, everything and anything done in this kingdom, it is done on one currency. It is the currency of faith. If you lay hands on the sick, or you lay hands on someone, you have the authority and you get the authority to, to lay hands on them. If you do not have faith, you won't see the result. The laying on of hands must be done as an act of faith. The person unto whom hands have been laid must also receive same as an act of faith. You had said something like you want me to lay hands on you, right? You do. Please step forward. Somebody stand behind that. Father, demonstrate your power right now and let your power flow. Let it flow. Yes, that's it. Take it now. Take it. Take it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Hold that very well. Hold that very well. Let her go back to her seat now. I want you to lift up your right hand up unto heaven and declare and say after me my hands are anointed my hands are blessed I believe in the ministry of laying on of hands beginning from this moment by my hands I cast out demons I heal the sick infirmities in my body when I lay my hands on myself they disappear when I lay my hands on my children they receive their healing when I lay it on my friends they receive their healing and now father in the name of Jesus as I lay my hands on myself let your power come upon me let every infirmity disappear I lay it on myself right now in faith in the name of Jesus go ahead and lay your hands upon your head and prophesy over your life now Prophesy over your life. Come on, prophesy over your life. It's an act of faith. Prophesy over your life. Say good things over your destiny. Say good things over your destiny tonight. Prophesy over your life. Prophesy. Prophesy over your life. Declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it, declare it as a child of authority. Now you understand the ministry of the laying on of hands. The spirit of the Lord is in you. Your hands are not ordinary. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. The spirit is within you and in you. Your hands are not ordinary. Your hands are not ordinary. This is an instruction of the Lord. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. 
they shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. If you are sick under the sound of my voice, lay your hands on yourself tonight and command the foul spirit to leave you by the authority in the name of the Lord Jesus. If there are things in your life you do not want, declare over your life tonight in the name of Jesus. I rebuke those foul spirits in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me give you a few seconds. Prophesy. Declare over your life. Declare over your life. Declare over your life. From your mouth to God's ears. 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 Come on, prophesy, 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 prophesy. If you are here in the sanctuary or you are watching online, if your child or your children they are around you, go around and lay your hands on your children. Do that right now. Do that right now. If you're in the sanctuary or you're watching online, lay your hands on your children. Go and lay your hands on your children. Look for your children now. Lay your hands on them. Prophesy over their destiny. Prophesy over their destiny. Prophesy over their destiny. If you're single, you're under the sound of my voice. Or your children are not around you. Place your hand on your tummy. Place your hand on your tummy. Speak over your children unborn. Mashana kola sona gadaba. I hope those of you watching on me online you are not playing look for your children and lay your hands upon them declare over them declare over them declare over them tonight in the name of Jesus declare over them declare over them tonight begin to bring that to an end begin to bring that to an end thank you father we trust god that this ministration blessed your life tremendously do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org for more life transforming messages from our ministry please visit and subscribe to our youtube channel you can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.